just like that, I've got more questions than answers. Did y'all watch the new Sex in the City? Let's talk about it. As always, I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. So there is one major category for this week, and just like that premiered on HBO Max a few days ago, the Sex in the City reboot, revival, sequel, some people are calling it. But um, before we get into that, let's get into my cocktail for tonight. And tonight I have a Manhattan, which is one of the old uh, classic cocktails uh, here in America. So it's obviously named after the the borough of Manhattan, which is New York City itself. It is a whiskey cocktail, so I'm going to be kind of loose tonight. Um, but it also has sweet vermouth, bitters, and then you garnish it with a a um, cherry. So, you know, I don't really do the brown liquor, so I needed to, you know, kind of change it up a little bit. So I did add some Luxardo cherry uh, liqueur, uh, a little bit of simple syrup, not too much, um, just to make it a little bit sweeter. And then... Um, a few extra cherries for me, just because, you know, it's a bit of a strong kind of cocktail. Fun fact, there is also a cocktail called the Brooklyn, which is pretty much the same as the Manhattan, but it uses dry vermouth instead of sweet vermouth. Um, So look for that if if you've never heard of it before. I hadn't really heard of it um, too much either, but then it's also very similar to the uh the old fashioned so you know three kind of whiskey based cocktails with vermouth and cherries so drink responsibly if you are of legal age to do so so and just like that premiered on HBO Max um the other day i don't really remember which day it actually was because i was trying to hold off until the weekend to watch it uh they dropped two so the first two episodes of their uh 10 episode season don't know how many seasons it's going to run, but um, but they dropped two. So you could, you know, have a little binge moment if you had the time to do that this weekend. But social media and the Internet and y'all people doing what y'all do these days. The minute it dropped, everybody was already posting like stuff on social media and trying to spoil everything. So this is your spoiler warning. If you have not seen it yet, um, you must be living under a rock because I don't know how y'all escaped the stories uh, this past week, the past few days. So exit now if you have not watched the show or just fast forward uh, on this episode, maybe about 20 minutes or so (laughs) and and catch up with me uh, later on in the show. But this is your last chance. I will pause very briefly, and then I'll get into my my review. So <laughs> the show opens up, and you know this is the the revival we've been waiting for for a number of years. Um, ever since the fur the second movie, which was not as good as the first movie, I think. A lot of people wanted them to kind of redo or, you know, add another another story to, um, you know, this group that we have been following since the TV show on HBO. You know, just to recap, the second movie was when they went to Abu Dhabi and 
it was kind of, you know, taking them out of the city, which they never really ventured outside of Manhattan and Brooklyn. Um, so in Paris, well, they went to Paris that one time, but, um, but yeah, it, it was just like an opportunity for them to get outside of the city. I think that's what people didn't kind of connect with. Um, just the fact that, you know, the city is essentially one of the characters um, of the show, you know, so the second movie just didn't do it for a lot of people. Um, so then there was always the talk of, well, you know, you don't want to go out like that. Uh, with that being like your last, uh, everyone's last like kind of taste of the show. So it was like, well, what are we going to do? And so Sarah Jessica Parker had always said that there was another story, like one more story for them to tell uh, with these, these uh, group of characters. And they were, you know, kind of, you know, hemming and hawing, like, oh, well, how to do it? All this back and forth, you know, enter the Kim Cattrall, the Samantha Jones drama, and she was the older of the characters. Um, I don't know about written in real life what her actual age is, but her character was like maybe 10 years older than the girls on the show. And, um, you know, she's the hypersexual character and, you know, being of a certain age or, you know, maybe wanting to be taken seriously as an actress. She didn't want to be playing that hypersexual role, you know, and then fast or, or not even fast forward, we get more behind the scenes kind of drama where she said, she basically said, you know, that they weren't friends on the, sh on the set. And I can understand that. Like, we're not friends. We just work together, girl. Like I'm just showing up. I'm clocking in just like the rest of y'all. <laughs> I don't need to know your personal business. You don't need to know mine. I'm not buying cookies from your kids, little fundraiser. I'm not buying that nasty ass chocolate bars and, you know, I'm not doing any of that stuff, <laughs> buying books for their book fair and things like that. And you don't need to know about my personal life. I don't need to know about yours and yada, yada, yada. When they announced that they were going to do like uh, they were in, you know, writing a, a new like revival uh, show. So it was like Sarah Jessica Parker and is it Patrick Michael King, Michael Patrick King, <laughs> other person with three names. Um, they were going to be working on this show developing like the story and blah 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 so samantha said kim cattrall said she didn't want to be a part of it and <laughs> i think they had had some like words off you know on twitter or something i don't know but she basically said you know we're not friends and you know then they made up or i wouldn't say they made up these stories but then all these stories started coming about or the narrative became that Kim Cattrall was so difficult to work with uh, that she was, you know, holding out for whatever reason about uh, not doing the show. So that was, you know, the kind of uh, thing that was holding them up from from doing it, which I don't know if I totally believe it, maybe to a certain extent, but, you know, who knows, water under the bridge at this point. So, yeah, then they announced that, you know, the show was going forward and then you know, there's that push for having more diversity in the show. We started hearing about the people who were getting cast. Um, notoriously, the show had not been very um, diverse, didn't really include any people of color, black or brown people or any other ethnic groups. And it was like, OK, y'all live in New York. <laughs> you know, there's nobody else around, you know, that you can interact with. And, you know, it just became that became a thing, too. And. You know, so we heard Nicole Ari Parker got 
uh, cast, um, some other people. I can't remember their names right offhand. But like I said last week that, you know, in the promos, they were very heavy with the diversity, like almost a bit too heavy with it. And I don't know. It just that it seemed intentional, but it also seemed like kind of pandering a little bit to me. But that's just me. Um, so anyway, the show opens up. They're a meeting for lunch or brunch or something. I'm assuming that the show is taking place like at some point in the future because <laughs> they talk about the pandemic like it's a thing of the past and nobody has on a mask. And, you know, it's they're talking about, oh, remember when we couldn't even hug or like, remember when, you know, we had to stay six feet apart or remember when. And I'm like, uh, girl, the variants are like still popping. <laughs> Even in New York, they have a mask mandate and you have to show your vaccination card in order to get into a restaurant. So I'm like, um, maybe or they have the app. I think they have the app. So I'm like, mm, did they skip that part of the scene or like, I don't know. But um, anyway, the premise of the first episode <laughs> is that we get to see how life has changed these women over the past seven, eight, nine, ten years, maybe. Um, Charlotte has a new face, and ooh, girl, <laughs> they spent a lot of time in the first scene talking about Samantha's gray, uh, not Samantha's, uh, Miranda's gray hair. And you know, she used to be that spicy red head, and you know, she had a lot of red um, hair jokes and things like that. But you know, now she's almost totally gray and you know in her defense maybe there's not a like synthetic <laughs> hair dye that looks natural for redheads i don't know it's not like you can dye like black or brown and you know kind of have almost a flat color but red can look very ronald mcdonald ish um if not done correctly so maybe she's like fuck it i'll just deal with this gray but um they didn't. They spent a lot of time talking about that, but they didn't talk about whatever Charlotte did to her face in order to look younger. Like, is it fillers? Did she have a facelift? Uh, she was. She had that. <laughs> she had that like Botox voice. Like you know the women who have Botox and they don't really talk a certain way. It's like they can't move their face. Um, very. Um, Caitlyn Jenner, very much uh, Kathy Hilton. It's like that filler and Botox face that I guess it affects the muscles in their, in their face. I don't know. She looked a mess. Um, Carrie, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Uh, I mean, she gave us the fashions, and that's what we're here for with Carrie, and that is... The fashions. She looked good. Everybody looked good, except for the face. We learned that the kids are in their teens. I believe they're trying to go for Charlotte's daughter being like non-binary uh, because she had such a problem with wearing the dress. I don't know if that was, you know, she just being a teenager, a little bratty teen, um, or if they were like really going subtly, not so subtly, going for the non-binary angle with her. Brady, who is Miranda's son, is very sexually active. Um, apparently, they let him have sex in the house while they're home. And 
as type A as Miranda has always been uh, in in the show, I don't know if I buy that she's okay with her son having sex in the next room, like literally banging the headboard on the wall. And I'm like, uh, I don't know if that's authentic to that character. What do y'all think? Let me know. And then Steve is still around. Apparently he's going deaf. So I guess it, <laughs> the son having sex in the next room doesn't bother him as much. Um, but, you know, is that being a progressive parent? Like, you know, the parents that say, well, if you're going to drink, I'd rather you do it in the house, you know, <laughs> or if you're going to have, I know you're going to have sex. So here are the condoms, you know, uh, is it progressive? Maybe, but it just seems out of place for those characters. Also, I think they're hinting at Miranda has a drinking problem in every scene. Like it was 11 o'clock and she was at the bar trying to get a drink. And then, um, well, I'll get to that part later, but then later in the show, she's trying to get a drink and she's like, don't give me the wine. Give me like the hard, the hard, hard liquor <laughs> and like hurry up. So I think they're implying she has a drinking problem. Um, so back to the first episode, you know, they didn't do what I thought they were going to do. So, you know, in the press, how much they love the Samantha character, how they didn't want to disrespect the character. They didn't say how much they love Kim Cattrall, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the right you can, you know, read between the lines on that one. And so they mentioned Samantha repeatedly in the first two episodes and they say that Samantha and Carrie had a falling out because Samantha was representing Carrie as her uh, published sis or whatever. Um, her book deals kind of dried up. And then Samantha was so upset that she took off and moved to London to work there. Now, <laughs> I don't buy that at all. You should have just killed her off because Samantha ain't never been about the money like she's always made a good coin you know she and it's just one deal in her portfolio of accounts that she got going on you know i'm sure she's still managing <laughs> smith jared and his career and all of that but like to be upset about one book deal nah girl like if it was you know some dick or something then you were cock blocking her maybe i can understand that but Samantha ain't never been pressed about some coins. And so that just seemed, again, inauthentic to the Samantha character. Like, and even in real life, like, who is that upset about a business deal? Like, girl, get over it. Like, okay, your book deal dried up. Either we're going to find you something else or, you know, we'll just cut our losses and, and still be friends. But to me, it just didn't seem like a good enough reason for somebody to just pick up and move and then... The, oh, well, she's not answering my texts. And she, I, did you call? Well, no, I, I texted her, but she didn't text me back. And it, <laughs> one, it seemed way too high school for some grown ass women. And y'all supposed to be so mature now and all of this. And then it just didn't seem like that is something that would upset Mar uh, Samantha so much that she had to move. So, Again, y'all should have just killed her character off and called it a day. They're trying to slide 
Nicole Ari Parker into the the role. I guess she's going to be Charlotte's new friend. Um, I guess I don't know if I'm buying that. Her husband is apparently the guy from who was on Hamilton, uh, who played George Washington. I forget what his actual name is, but um, tense for you for getting booked. And then, well, let's just get into it. The real crux of the first two episodes is that. Spoiler alert, Big died. And just like that, he had a heart attack um, getting off of the <laughs> getting off the Peloton, which again did not make sense. So the foreshadowing throughout the entire episode. So Charlotte's daughter, the older one, um, was having a recital on whatever day Big and Carrie were supposed to be um, driving out to go to the Hamptons or somewhere. So they were going to miss the recital, but Charlotte pitched a hissy fit and boohoo whined and, and tried to make some faces, but you know, the Botox wasn't allowing her Tried to make some faces and, um, you know, guilt carry into staying for this one recital, which girl, there would have been other ones, but you know, so she stayed, uh, she convinced big to stay for, the recital, they would just leave to go out, leave the city, you know, the next day or whatever. And so in the meantime, you know, he was going to have his 1,000th ride on the Peloton. And let me tell you, we just got our Peloton a couple months ago. It's like in October. And to get to a 1,000 rides is a lot. Like you have to be riding for a long time or do like multiple rides a day. Um, you would probably be in decent shape by the time you get to a thousand. So like, I just finished what my, my 30th ride. And like I said, we've had it for like two months. So to get to a thousand, like it's going to be a minute, uh, before I get there. But, um, even if he was doing like three rides a day, every day, that's going to take him at least a year, you know, to, to get up to a thousand. I don't know. I had to consult with some of my medical friends and they were like, well, yeah, you know, in the show, he did have some heart issues going on beforehand and he could have had like a, you know, like a plaque in one of his arteries that kind of just dislodged and yada, yada, yada. But they're like, is it, is it likely? No, but it is not impossible for like this situation to happen. Also, I don't know who smokes cigars before they take a ride on the Peloton. Like that just didn't make sense to me either. So Carrie goes to the recital while she's at the recital. Big is taking his ride on the Peloton. Then he texts her and he's like, yeah, you know, let's leave tonight. Apparently, I guess her, she either didn't check her phone or she didn't get a signal um, in the recital. So when they step outside, She's like, oh, big text me, you know, we're going to leave the city tonight. I'm going home now. It probably took her at least 45 minutes to get home, like at least. And that's, you know, if she got on an Uber immediately after, or I guess they do taxis, a taxi or Uber. She'd probably take an Uber black. She fancy. Um, and you got to wait longer for them to, <laughs> to come. But um at least 45 minutes to get home. So if Big was, if he had a heart attack and he's waiting for her to get home, 
and then he died. Like, I don't know, that just seemed a bit melodramatic for me because of the way when she finds him, she kind of just stands there looking at him and like watching him. And I know they probably slowed it down for a dramatic effect, but her first thought wasn't to dial 911. It was to come over and give him a hug. Like, bitch, I'm having a heart attack. I know hugs, you know, hugs can work wonders, you know, but they ain't curing no heart attacks. Like, girl, a hug ain't that powerful to be doing all of that. But, like, this man been sitting on the floor waiting for you to come home while he dying for, like, 45 minutes to an hour. And you just going to come over and give me a hug? Girl, bye. And then the show ends. Second episode, they're planning his fune. Not much to say was going on. It really felt very reminiscent of when he stood her up at the wedding. And then they had to go on the honeymoon, just the girls. And, you know, they're kind of just sitting around in Charlotte's apartment like the night before. And, um, or the night before they leave for the honeymoon or whatever. And they're just like crying and drinking and sad. It kind of gave me like that all over again. Um, you know, she looked good at the fume. It was very like minimalistic and like kind of chic. And then she said no flowers. That was the, the crux of the episode. No flowers. And then when she got there, there were flowers over the casket. And we find out that Samantha sent the flowers. And again, if that was your good, good girlfriend, wouldn't you have shown up? Like, it's not <laughs> like she was your friend from high school and y'all haven't seen each other in 20 years and y'all don't talk anymore. But her mom always worked the bake sale and, you know, you're sad about that. So you just send some flowers, like a arrangement, a little reef situation. For the fume, like it's not like that. Like this is supposed to be your good, good homegirl for like decades. When you have gotten on the flight, especially when they're kind of you know making it seem like we're in this post-pandemic era, so ain't no lockdowns, ain't no quarantine, ain't no self-isolation. Like you should have hopped on that flight. And then they keep you know referencing how she brought, how she paid for the flowers, and you know it just. I don't think it does the Samantha character justice to kind of just write her out in an unceremonious way like that. I mean, I just feel like we could have got a bit more from that. But that was about it. That was the rest of the the show. The things that I didn't really care for in the show. So the fashions were cute. Um, I do like that this is kind of the progression of, of the story. Like we're seeing them. As more mature women, um, Miranda is kind of starting over again because remember she quit her corporate job to, I thought she was supposed to be working at like a nonprofit or something, but then now she's starting over again and she's getting her master's or getting a degree or certificate in, um, what is it, social justice or something, and then... Yeah, I don't know. She just seems to always be starting over for some reason. I think for her character, they're going to try to push a lesbian situation uh, with Carrie's boss on the podcast, um, the 
Che, was it Che Diaz or something? Character. I don't remember the actress's name, but she was on Grey's Anatomy. I liked her when she was on Grey's Anatomy, but I don't really care for her character on this show. She's a bit uh, too much for me. And girl had on like a bomber jacket down to the funeral. Like, girl, come on. Um, You could have dressed up a little bit more, but she just seems a bit too doing the most for me. And in the preview, they're kind of mentioning that either Miranda is bored with Steve or something. There's some kind of marital strife there. And they'll probably try to make it to be a um, reason, if you will, for her kind of stepping out and messing with this chick. Because uh, they're kind of, they kind of had like one of those contentious meetings at the, at the fume. And then you know how those always kind of kind of transform into a little sexual situation but um we'll see how that progresses with charlotte i think her new story is going to be probably the non-binary kid like you know her i don't know (laughs) i don't know what she can give uh as far as her storyline because you know she um she's just there pretty much like you know, her big art story arc was, you know, finding true love. And, you know, she's the one who's always like so hardcore for love and romance. And she has that uh, now with her husband. They've been married for her second husband. They've been married for a while. Um, but I don't know where else her story goes. Carrie obviously is going to be in this new phase as a widow. Um is she going to start dating again? Like how soon after is she going to start dating? I feel like they're going to push her to start dating uh, soon, which I don't know. Um, Is she going to stay in the apartment? She's going to move back to her old apartment. I don't know. Um, Again, I, (laughs) you know, trying to be forward thinking and thinking like, you know, where can the story go from here? Uh, I, so Biggs did, so the guy who actually played Stanford, who he was actually really bitchy and pretty much a a gay Karen in this, uh, first two episodes. So he died in real life, um, from, I believe cancer, but so they're going to have to write him out of the show in some way. And I think it's going to be, you know, another death kind of thing. Cause I saw some pictures where they were in the hospital scene. Um, well, they were like in a hospital waiting room, um, Carrie and, and one of the other girls. So if big died, Stanford dies, I guess that's why they didn't want to write, uh, Samantha out as a death. I mean, that's a lot of death for one season. This is not game of Thrones. So with big dying, that was a big shocker to everyone because the whole story of sex in the city was about Carrie and big and their relationship and you know the on again off again and the cheating and the breakups and the makeups and him getting married and then getting divorced having the heart yeah because she he did have the heart surgery because that was the season she dressed up as like a nurse and she was going to take care of him and then him getting divorced and he moved then he came back and then they finally were going to get married then they didn't and then they reconnected and then they did get married and then so it was just a lot of the 
back and forth um, with that and that, you know, the ups and downs of, of the relationship. And there was that one lady at the funeral and she was like, I remember when he treated her like a piece of shit or he was so shitty to her or something like that. And so that was kind of a reminder because, you know, people were so sad that he was gone and so shocked that he was gone. And like now, like, what is Carrie's story going to be? Um, which is a valid question. They said, uh, I saw like a interview with um, one of the producers or the writer or something. And he said that, you know, he was trying to think of a way to move the story forward and not, you know, just have it be so, you know, more of the same. And, you know, this is supposed to be about an evolution and it's like, they want it to, you know, subvert the expectations of the viewer and not just it be, you know, this kind of love story. And so like, what better way to kind of, you know, change up the narrative because she finally got him. So then now take him away. And then what does that leave her? kind of with and like how does she move through life without him in that kind of sense so it makes sense to me that they did that but you know again (laughs) the very first episode of the you know the revival it's like damn (laughs) it was it was kind of shocking um i'll admit that but then you know there was also talk about because the girls were coming back they all signed on first and then i don't think any of the guys had signed on. Like I know there was um contract uh comments about him not coming back and then um then it was announced that he was coming back and then everyone and then everyone was excited because it was like, oh yeah, we get this, you know, continue the story. But like I said, like she had already got him. So it was like what where else could the story go? So tense for them choosing to do that. I know that was kind of a, a bold uh, move, and, and a lot of people were really upset by it. Like Peloton caught a lot of flack for him dying or him being or um, his death being associated with their bikes. I took it real easy on my my next ride after watching that because you know some of them are intense. Some of the trainers are much more intense than the others, but um, I think their stock price also like dropped immediately after the show like the day after the show premiered and there was all kind of comments on social media and (laughs) peloton being forward thinking they said okay well let's capitalize on this and so (laughs) what they did was they came up with a commercial featuring big and uh the the trainer who was on the show and they're like sitting on the couch. It was actually a, a cute uh, commercial. You know, it just made everything that much better. So, tens for Peloton for that too. And just like that, that just wraps up my review of the show. Again, I'm interested to see where the story goes from here. The fashions was they were cute. A bit too many accessories. I don't know anybody who really dresses like that. Um, I don't also don't live in New York, so <laughs> maybe they dress like that in New York because in Philly, you just get some sweatpants and some Tim's. But um, maybe they should just take off a few, like one accessory. It always just seems like too many accessories to me. But and the color choices, be you know, nothing really matches. But again, we will see what the rest of the season brings.
and how many more times they can mention Samantha not being there. No, I said what I said for this week. I think, you know, I kind of peppered my, <laughs> I said what I said throughout uh, that review, you know, just kind of some of the choices that the show made, uh, not really my taste, but they got paid. I didn't. So I have a couple tens, tens, tens across the board for this week. Um, my first 10 this week is going to Megan Pete, also known as Megan the Stallion, also known as Megan the Graduate. So over the weekend, Megan the Stallion graduated with her bachelor's in health administration from Texas Southern University. Um, she has said that graduating from college, so I guess she started, you know, kind of before she uh, went into her hot girl summer and became like this famous rapper. She said she promised like her mom and her grandma that she would finish college. And, you know, graduating college is a major accomplishment, especially, you know, for people of color. And then, you know, a lot of times when people become famous or they get, you know, this temporary fame, they kind of abandon a lot of their kind of hopes and dreams. So, because I remember reading something saying that she was in college and that her goal was to finish but she never said like when or what her timeline was. Um, and you know how the famous people do. They just never quite get there. Um, but, you know, tens for her for kind of sticking to her goal and making sure that she fulfilled the promise that she made, you know, her mom and her grandma, because they both passed away um, relatively recently, I think, within the past couple of years. And it kind of takes me back to when I was in college. Uh, my brother and I both went to the same college. We were there at the same time. And uh, as you know, you guys know, my dad's health was failing. And so he said that his goal was, you know, he wanted to see us graduate from college. He and I were going to be the first in our family, you know, to graduate college. And coincidentally, we graduated on the same day. Um, his his ceremony was in the morning and then my ceremony was in like the afternoon. So it was a long day for the family because they had to go to both um, ceremonies. But, you know, my granddad was there and, you know, that was a big goal of his as well to see, you know, his, his grandkids, uh, the first in the family graduate uh, from college. So, you know, just kind of having that moment of, you know, just pride and, you know, seeing, an accomplishment that, you know, for a lot of older people, you know, it wasn't really in the cards for, you know, them to go to college or they didn't have the money or, you know, whatever the situation was at the time. And, you know, just, you know, kind of just seeing the pride on the, on their faces is like one of the, you know, fondest memories that, that I have. So, so I was actually kind of proud that Megan graduated. I don't even know this lady, but, um, Social media was going up for her. Everybody was so proud of her. She got so many mentions. And like they even made a um one of those things on Twitter. So if you put in hashtag Megan the graduate, it had like a picture of her in her cap and gown um come up on the Twitter. And then even, you know, Cardi B was retweeting her and and showing support, all the celebrities, even Hillary Clinton <laughs> retweeted Megan the Stallion. So Girl, tens for you for that. And not to be outdone, Miss Kimberly Kardashian West announced that she finally passed the baby bar. Um, if you don't know, she's taking this kind of alternate route to becoming a 
an attorney um, in California, in the state of California, you don't have to go to law school in order to become an attorney. So you basically have to do an apprenticeship. You have to study. You have to do kind of all this other whole process. But you have to take uh, like the first year exam, the exam that most um, first year law students would take and pass that. And then you can sit for like the actual bar exam after a certain amount of time. I don't know. I don't know the specifics, but she's one step closer to becoming an attorney. You know, her father was Robert Kardashian, the whole OJ Simpson trial, uh, everything like that. And she said that she uh, failed the baby bar three times. And so this is her fourth attempt and she passed it. So 10 for you for doing that. No matter what y'all want to say about Kim Kardashian, mama is doing the damn thing. There was a moment in time where people just didn't want to be associated with her in any kind of capacity, but she turned that around. She said, okay, I'm going to get the last laugh on y'all. And she's really, you know, out here doing things for social justice. Um, she's raising the four kids. She still ain't got no furniture in that house. And apparently she has a man who comes and plays the piano every morning, which I don't know how he'd get in there, but maybe <laughs> he got his own keys. I don't know. But um, Tim's for you, Kim Kardashian, for doing that. It's good that, you know, these celebrities are, you know, they have the money and the wealth and, you know, the fame and the notoriety. But, you know, they kind of want to think about their next step and like what to do after the lights fade. And, you know, again, you have to be forward thinking and think about what you're going to do next or what your legacy is going to be, what your impact in this world is going to be. I uh, forgot to say that Megan the Stallion um, said that she wants to open up an assisted living facility in her hometown um, of Houston. She said that she wants to um, also hire new grads who don't have, you know, don't have the experience, which is a big hurdle for a lot of people when you're on the job search. You know, they say, oh, you don't have the experience, but how can you get the experience? if no one will give you the experience. So, you know, she wants to give back to her community as well. So tens for you, tens for you, Megan. In addition to that, she was awarded the 18th Congressional District's Humanitarian Award in Houston. Um, she launched a scholarship fund, the Don't Stop Scholarship, and gave two women of color pursuing college degrees $10,000 each. And she also paid a full ride scholarship for somebody to go to Jay-Z's Rock Nation School of Music, Sports, and Entertainment at Long Island University. So Mama is a philanthropist. She a savage. She bougie, ratchet, classy, all of that. All right, y'all, that about wraps it up for this week's episode. I'm going to get on out of here and get me another drink and go matriculate down at somebody's college. All right, I'll let y'all later. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for joining me for another week. I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you did, please be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you're listening to Category Is right now. Category Is podcast is recorded in Philadelphia. The show is hosted, edited, mixed, and produced by me, Maurice Smith.